Gentlemen, welcome back. Episode number five. Number five? It seems like we just started this thing a couple weeks ago. And we're already at episode number five. I hope you're hanging in there with us. If you're new to Borderline Offensive, welcome. Hopefully you stay a while. Sorry for the long intro here. I just kind of sit and find myself enjoying it. I'm sure as much as all of you are. Oh, yeah. All right. We're going to turn this off and get right to the business at hand. Welcome back to Borderline Offensive, episode number five. Wow, just like that. Seems like I was just uh, recording the first trailer and getting all kinds of insulting texts. (laughs) Suggestive. And when I say suggestive, I could carry with it a a tone of support and uh, positive feedback. But, uh, you know, it's quite, quite the contrary. Let's just leave it at that. I'll say that. And here we are already five episodes in. So thank you. Thank you all very much. And, and by the way, my gift to all of you for your loyal fandom and support. <laughs> yeah. Is fandom a, a word? I'm not sure if, if it sounded all right. Seemed like it fit. 
So my gift to you is back by popular demand in a couple weeks, a couple episodes or so, uh, Granny Games. I received so much feedback from that episode of Granny Games that we're gonna we're gonna keep moving forward with that as a as a somewhat permanent fixture of this show. Uh, maybe at least once a month we're gonna have a contest and. See how well all of you out there know Granny. Looking forward to our guest here today. As I was thinking, I was listening to that song, that lead-in, and it reminded me of something. I'm not sure. Have any of you, I'm sure there's someone out there that uh, is familiar with, uh, was it Jim Brewer? Jim Brewer? Jim Brewer was a cast member on Saturday Night Live for eh, probably just a couple of years. And he actually played one of the most ridiculous characters. You know, SNL, I haven't watched it lately, uh, in a few years really. But that aside, back in the good old days, right, when it, when SNL was, was funny, Jim Brewer played a character called Goat Boy. And <laughs> it might be the most ridiculous character or segment that was ever ever aired on Saturday Night Live. Uh, what's another one that, that I compare it to? Was uh, I think it was I think it was Dana Carvey who played Massive Headwound Harry or Bob or something like that. <laughs> yeah, you can look that up. Uh, it's just like it sounds, but you know, it's Dana Carvey with a massive head wound, acting like everything is normal, and uh, arriving at a at a party with friends and feeling tired or lightheaded. So he lays on the couch and gets his massive head <laughs> all over the furniture. A- anyway, what I'm saying is Jim Brewer played goat boy and it was right up there along with some of the most, or one of them being one of the most ridiculous uh, characters. I-, I think on any show, not just Saturday night live. Anyway, you may or may not have heard Jim Brewer's stand-up comedy years ago where he performs or does his ACDC impression, and it's pretty funny. Let me play that for you. Put your left foot in! Put your left foot out! Get ready! Get ready! 
understand a word he says, but it sounds so awesome. All you hear him is say, you're ready. We gotta show the city. Keep your hands clapping. And I got you. Crazy man. You're ready. Repeat after me. Oh, I'm not going to play the whole thing. You can look it up yourself. But Oh, God, that's funny. He's a funny dude. All right. Well, what else we got going on? Um, if you didn't have a chance to sign up previously for last month's Granny Games, I will be posting on Facebook uh, probably in the next week or two for volunteers. So if you didn't have a chance to volunteer, we will take... Uh, everyone who who volunteers or comments on the post and then my lovely wife Cindy will do the random draw and we'll pick someone who can play granny games for a chance to win a $25 gift card let's see what else is going on football starting high school football already started Uh, I think they're two or three weeks in I was thinking about going to a game, which I'm not uh, opposed to, just didn't have time the last couple of weeks. did actually find it interesting. I saw some highlights and checked out some games on local networks, and seems like people are, are, are going out to the game. seems like they're, they're going out and watching some high school football, so uh, concerns over COVID don't seem to be hindering. Uh, I think the crowds are down a little bit, but... I'll just say there's a lot. There are a lot more people attending high school football games than than I thought there would be. And college football, what? Not this weekend, but next weekend. So less than two weeks away, college football kicks off. For those of us uh, who have teams that are actually playing football this fall, uh, what, what does that exclude? The Big Ten, I think, and uh, the Pac-12 and the mac yeah so i think ah, can you yeah the mac i got respect for mac teams but looking forward to to some college football here in a couple weeks I'm, I'm sure the rest of you are as well and ready to support your teams that have worked so hard and and uh, stayed healthy and stayed safe from from covid and uh gonna give it their all and uh go out there and at least fight for a conference championship this year, right? That's what they're fi- that's what they're fighting for. So, good luck to those young student athletes. All right, well, without further ado, I think we'll go ahead and bring on today's special guest. All right, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show good friend of mine, Jeremy Garys from DJ's Direct. Well, hello, hello, hello. How's it going? Oh, it's going, man! It's going. Just hanging out. Just, yeah. Uh, waiting on my uh, waiting on my weddings for uh, Friday and Saturday. Yeah, yeah. We'll get to that for sure. Definitely want to talk about that. But where do I have the pleasure to talk to you from? What part of the world? Um, I'm from Carmel, Indiana. Carmel, Indiana, in my garage. garage? Having a cocktail. Hey, garages in Carmel, Indiana, are nicer than sweets anywhere else oh, in the land <laughs> i'll tell you what when you're sitting in a garage drinking in carmel indiana you're kind of bringing in like the west side so i'm bringing in west side roots here you know <laughs> and uh it is a popular place around here so if people come up and start talking you may hear that you know but it's it's got we have this little party garage here 
but right now it's still dinner time, so I wouldn't expect that for a while. So let me give you a little more of an introduction to my vast audience, all six, including my mother, by the way. <laughs> let me give an introduction here. So yeah. uh, you're going to have to listen to me. I'm, I'm sorry for, for, a, for a minute or so. So Jeremy, Jer- I used to work for Jeremy. When I moved to Indiana, uh, one of the guys I worked with uh, kind of cryptically said to me one day, because I was commuting back and forth between Pennsylvania and Indiana, work week I would work, then I'd fly home, and then I'd come back Sunday or Monday to Indiana, uh, do it all again. And one day, this guy looked at me and, and knew that I was actually going to stay the weekend, and he said, hey, you don't know what I do on the side as a side job or a hobby, do you? And I kind of looked at him sideways and uh, said, no, I don't. And he said, make sure you have one of your suits clean and available. And it really piqued my interest. Now I'm thinking, okay, that's kind of cryptic and odd. And make sure I have a suit available. So he really didn't want to tell me until... I showed up for whatever this was that he invited me to on, on Saturday, but I kept pushing him. And then he finally mentioned, he finally told me that he's a DJ, that he's a, which would have been, a, which would have been the last thing you would have ever exactly. thought came out of his mouth. Right. <laughs> exactly. And that's one of the neat things I, I, I would say, as we get a little bit more into your business and the, the people that, that you've worked with over the years uh, from all walks of life, right? We're not right. looking like uh, uh, DJ Polly D or there any of those other really cool DJs, right? Um, right. So it was in, so it was well. I'm just speaking for myself. These are I, what I mean is, ladies and gentlemen, is that there are professionals that you just wouldn't imagine are DJs. They don't ooze this persona, right? That you're thinking when you when you hear the word DJ with the Polly D hair on the wheels of steel or what, you know, fill, fill in the blank here with sneakers yeah. laced up, yeah. whatever your vision is. Uh, so it was interesting for sure. And, uh, sure, I pushed him enough where until he finally told me what it was. So I, I actually got to attend a, a, a wedding with him for an hour or two, helped him set up. Uh, and it was really fascinating. I never knew that you could actually have fun at weddings. All I had to draw from was my own wedding. Uh, and trust me, that was just no fun. Well, the reception was the first part wasn't so fun, but so let your wife hear that. That's right. That's right. Well, I'll make sure uh, she's she's not able to access this episode. Good. good, good. So, uh, and that's what I, not that night, but but that's when I met Jeremy, um, who was running DJs Direct and had a number of DJs working for him, and it was a lot of fun. And both this other gentleman and Jeremy said, hey, have you ever thought about doing this or no? You like music? And long story short, uh, what was it about? Maybe even I think it was six months later, I was Mm -hmm. lacing up the boot and uh, training and and getting out there. I think I had my first event less than a year later. It's probably 10 months later. And uh, how long I DJ? DJ oh man, I was trying. To, I was, you know, that was in like the early two thousands. Yeah, I, I think so, I. I mean, ten plus years. I mean, I was going to say around ten to twelve. Yeah, I mean, because you were working a lot more at the beginning, yeah. and then, 
kind of, you know, doing what a lot of us do is kind of freelance DJ, doing some of the stuff on your own, working under DJ's direct. But mm-hmm. I would say a good 10 years. Solid 10 uh, years, yeah. yeah. Easily. I mean, the last one you did under our name, I mean, it could have been four or five years yeah, ago. Yeah, that's right. You know, and if you started in the early 2000s, yep. you know, or mid, mid-2000s, then yeah, easily 10 plus years. Yeah, yeah. So I want to get into that. We're going to have, we're going to actually talk for, I think, quite a bit about DJing and your experience and your background and high school, even it dates back to high school. But what I want to kind of start off with that's just interesting to me is how much you travel. I mean, is there a place on earth that you have not set foot? Uh, Are there any continents that you've not? Yes, yes, Travel. several, obviously. I, I, yeah, several. But I did get to visit my first, uh, I got to see Europe last year for the first time. But next on the list would be somewhere out in, in Asia and visit, a, you know, different countries in Asia. But um, Europe, is that on the know, south side of India? South, <laughs> I'm not good like at Mexico. Brazil, not, no, you're thinking Brazil, Indiana. Or is that north? I'm not good no, at geometry. No. I don't, I don't no, know. I know, I know. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's good. Geometry. Yeah, I like I'm kind of yeah. teasing. I mean, you guys, uh, you and your beautiful wife uh, work hard and you have fun uh, traveling the world. And I mean that literally, not just the United States or its territories. Right. I mean, you, you, you're quite the traveler. Uh, I enjoy watching your pictures, looking at your pictures and watching the videos. Heck, even your... Uh, even your, uh, do they let you take, I think, obviously they do. How hard is it to travel with your drone? With, with, um, uh, Superfly? Yeah. The drone's named Superfly. Okay. I, I don't, I didn't know that. Super, I'd appreciate if you would refer <laughs> properly my drone by, its, by its first name, Superfly, <laughs> which actually crashed uh, oh. a while back, but. No, it's pretty easy. I mean, the only put, you know, going into different countries, they, they don't really, have certain restrictions you'll read online like bahamas you got to do this and blah blah Mm -hmm. blah well you know they don't open up your stuff they don't know what it is i mean you know when you're flying to other countries just like in you know our own our own states you got to be smart respectful um and follow the rules you know you know no flying at night Mm -hmm. national parks crowds of people um, you know, nobody wants to go to a national park and have this beautiful mm-hmm. scenery and 15 drones flying around, yep. you know, and an- animals get really freaked out. So yeah. on, you know, on a normal scale, you know, I have taken it to four or five countries in Europe, you know, to Mexico, several islands and, you know, the Bahamas, mm-hmm. uh, all over the United States. But, you know, you just got to be smart and respectful. And that's, unfortunately that a lot of people don't you know and they think it's just so cool to interrupt somebody's yep. you know sunset by flying it over their head and taking pictures of them in a swimsuit and think they're going to just throw it online and tag everybody or something but no, it's been pretty easy yeah europe was easy. europe was pretty uh pretty easy going with all the countries we've visited in europe you still have people who've got a problem with it i mean no matter where you go it's like what is that and they're intrigued by it like oh man can i can I see what you're doing? Then you got people like, are you allowed to fly here? And you blah, blah, blah. But it's got to make some smart decisions and be respectful and use some common sense. And mm-hmm. that'll go a long way. Yep. Yeah. I mean, 
amazing pictures, amazing videos, and it's it's like HD, isn't it? Yeah, it's a GoPro drone, which is you know been um, okay. That, that that thing got obsolete years ago, but the footage, it's you know that that drone was discontinued due to some issues, and then they brought it back out and refurbed it, and then years ago GoPro just decided we're not in the drone business, but. The footage, you can't get better quality mm-hmm. because you can upgrade. You can put the newest GoPro on it and take some great footage of it. And and that that footage alone is is awesome. And the best part of the drone is when all, you know, when people say, man, you got to take this three-mile hike up the mountain. I'm like, no, I don't. Mm-hmm. Well, I, can just, I can just fly my drone up there and take a photo. Yep, yep. So, so like you yeah. mentioned, some of your pictures and videos from the Bahamas, have you ever seen the movie or the the documentary documentary Fire Festival? Oh, <laughs> yes, yes, on the great in the, in, in, the, in the great Exuma. Yes. I, I I knew about that while it was happening. So oh. when when that was happening, I was getting I was chatting with my friends in the great Exuma Islands. Like our airport's flooded with people. There's no cars. There's no there's no places to stay. I mean, I was getting yep. I was getting live updates before it even made the news and oh my god what a shit show that was i'm surprised you weren't booked to play there for the fire festival good thing right (laughs) right right well i'm not you know i'm just i'm just a chicken dance dj you know chicken dance oh i can't wait to get to that i cannot wait to get to that part but traveling traveling's been a reward of of the hard work of djing for so long Mm -hmm. You know, that's, that's, you know, after raising kids or, you know, during raising, you know, as we are raising kids, the little extra money, little bonus gigs, just enough to send us to, you know, traveling to, doesn't matter if it's Colorado or Costa Rica, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's definitely paid and helped us to, to get out there and see a little bit of the world, which I'm so glad I have, but I have, you call me a world traveled man, I, I've done a minimal amount of traveling to what some of these people mm-hmm. do. I literally... My screensavers, I got it on YouTube and my TVs in, in our house that just watch just sceneries and, mm-hmm. and aerial drone footage of places around the world. And I'll look at it and go, where's that? And I'm like, well, the, this is the Mal, Maldives or this is, you know, some, some place in Guatemala. And I'm like, I want to go there. I want to go there. I want to go there. Yep. Based on that. Have I don't you, watch too much CNN. Have you ever left a vacation spot without having made a new friend? No way. I mean, all no. of the, I enjoy your pictures. I, you know, all the pictures I see, it's not just you and your family have traveled, but like literally every single time it's, Hey, look at our new friends that we met and, and you're making wow. friends and you stay friends with these people, you know, thanks to Facebook and social media. Uh, but I, it seems like every place you've landed, you've got a new friend in every country. I have, you know, the, the only place that I can think of that, I have not like come home being Facebook friends, you know, and as we know, there's real friends and there's Mm -hmm. Facebook friends. (laughs) Uh, And I will say that I don't remember going to Europe last summer uh, when we went to Portugal, Spain, uh, Germany, Austria, Norway. I don't think we really met a lot of people that we engaged like conversations with and met up the next day and became friends with. Um, you know, this is our anniversary trip. So we, it was more just Sarah and I engage with each other and like day tripping and, 
chilling at night or taking hikes or whatever. We weren't really interested in like, let's, you know, it wasn't like this relaxing vacation where you just sit at the beach or sit at a beach bar or, you know, we were, we were out all day long driving around exploring. So we didn't really, we didn't really focus on, or it didn't really just happen where we met people throughout the day and hung out with them that night. Cause we were bouncing around from country to country every four or five nights and just, just constantly going around. Yeah. Are you, Plus, so, they, they probably knew that we were Americans and they wanted to be friends with us anyway. I was so. going to say, are you here to say on this podcast, this global podcast that, mm-hmm. that Europe is the least friendly place on earth? Is that what you're here to say? Uh, no, no, no. Um, no, they, they are, <laughs> after visiting Europe was, was, was an experience that everybody, is... number one, everybody should go. Everybody needs to go to Europe. Everybody needs to meet the people. They were, they were, they were great. Norwegians were really like to themselves, like, come spend your money and get the hell out of here. You know, kind of like Austin, Texas. They, they want you to come and spend the money, but we don't have room for you. Go home. Um, but they, every, every place, I, I, I would have to say the people in Austria were the most, they were, they were the most friendly and open to, um, just open to anything, conversation or, or just culture. I think, you know, we were just, one, you had that, you had that language barrier in Portugal and everybody's got a language barrier, you know, Portuguese and, you know, people in Spain and Austria and, you know, Norway and Germany. Um, But we never had any, but I would say that Norwegians were the more, you know, we went way up into the Northern part of uh, Norway and the uh, Lofoten uh, islands. And they were, they were all just, Hey, welcome. Thank you. Bye. Plus we couldn't afford to go eat. So we stayed to ourselves because everything was so expensive. There, $12 mm. a beer, $30 a meal. Wow. So we didn't, we, you know, the only place we did was just hike all day because the sun was out 22 hours. I was going to so ask, we just hiked and, I was going to ask, yeah. how was the beer in Norway? Uh, you know, don't they kind of brag or okay. aren't they proud? So, so the, well, well, Germany and Austria, I would say Germany and Austria, big beer. Norway is very, very strict on uh, alcohol. Like they, they do not want. Like I think, I think they're drinking and driving laws. Like if your point is zero, like one or two or three, like it's a DUI. And like cigarettes are like eighteen, twenty-seven bucks or whatever the hell it is. But uh, Norwegians are just—they're not big drinkers. I mean, you can't afford a drink. It's twelve dollars a beer. <laughs> every time, every time That'll we do drink, it. we went. Yeah, every time we drank, we went and went to the grocery store and got a six pack and we paid, you know, uh, 20 bucks for a six pack. And obviously in the state, that's, that, that's a lot. But to me, I'm like, man, that's only three dollars a beer, you know, three twenty five, three fifty a beer or whatever. And it wasn't it wasn't so bad. But we didn't do a lot of drinking and, and we definitely didn't go to a lot of restaurants. We didn't. Matter of fact, I never had a beer in Norway in a public mm-hmm. place because it was too expensive. Yep. What country or specific location? Uh, maybe because I know you've been to a few countries more than once, but what lo- what location that you visited has the best beer? Not not alcohol, not hard drink, you know, liquor and mixed drinks, all that. But but beer. Which which place has the best beer that you? Have? I would I would have to say for like a bottle beer, I think the best Caribbean beer mm-hmm. is from Dominican Republic. Um, 
which is President's Day. I mean, that beer is just solid. I love President's Day beer. And it's a big popular beer throughout the Caribbean. It's, it's the Corona of the Caribbean. Um, you know, it, it's the, I wouldn't say Coors Light of, God, take that back. I don't want to say Coors Light. But, uh, um, you know, a lot of, my favorite, you know, in the islands, because we visited the islands, I would say my go-to is President's Day beer. You know, the, the lighter beer. Uh, but nowadays, when you go into some of these, some of these places and and breweries and stuff, it's all its own craft beer. You know, it's not yeah. it's, they don't have that one domestic that you know that uh, oh I forget the one from Peroni in Italy or I think it's Italy or whatever. You, they they just all have their Did own. Did you say Peronis? Is it Peroni? Peronis? Is it Peronis? No, Is I that think that's Peroni? a disease. Peroni, it may be. <laughs> What the hell is it called? Anyone that, that, gonna... that anyone that gets that, you got problems. After those of you that wonder what the hell I'm talking about, look it up. Oh, then, you're gonna, the pee, then you're going to be disgusted. Look up Peroni's yeah. disease. Yeah, yeah. No, God. No, I, I forget what it's an Italian beer, I believe, but they even serve it at the most authentic Fazoli's uh, restaurant, which no, they don't. But Did, you know, it's, and I was thinking earlier here when we we're talking about traveling. I don't know if it was a relative or, or a friend of yours. Did, didn't you travel somewhere with your equipment, you know, small mini system and, yep. and play music yep. for someone's wedding in another country? Yeah, down in, down in, down in Mexico. Was it Mexico? Uh, okay. Yep. Yeah, down in. And, and, and I just really brought a few things, um, but it was, um, I technically technically i'm an international dj because i have <laughs> played right. music i have played music in the bahamas uh, at a place and i've also played music at uh in mexico for a wedding and speaking of that you know down in the bahamas i was trying to come up with a name and they you know the girl in the bahamas at a bar um had said you know you're a dj we need to have what's your dj name mm-hmm. i said uh Jeremy and and then someone said DJ germs and I'm like you know I am international she goes you know what you're D you're DJ germs you're internationally infectious yep. and I'm like oh now I'm at oh and I and I wanted to I used that That's name good. until COVID and yes, then I dropped yes. the name yes. and then I said no I'm, I'm no longer DJ germs internationally infectious that's that's so, much better than I what I was gonna say I was gonna say unlike yeah. Rob Bass you are internationally yeah. known and internationally no to rock the microphone yes, you do I've i get heard stupid you. i get outraged oh wait go ahead I'll i've talk. heard you rock the microphone and i know where you're from shout out to all your ben davis That's classmates right. oh the giants yeah yep, class, yep. of 90, class of 92 give a yep. shout out to the uh national champs football team of 92 so, that's also that's also uh that night I, we beat uh penn high school with my uh-oh wife who was sitting across the uh, football field at rca dome which i obviously didn't know at that time but i get to throw that in her face yep. and i'm throwing it into her face right now <laughs> Boom. So, so we're so we're talking about djing we're talking about high school um i i know a little bit or a lot mm-hmm. of your your story or your background but let's talk about that so when did you when did you officially what was your first paid djing gig so so so, and i I love it because 
I think it was like 1989 or 1990, maybe. Um, I was intrigued by listening to the radio and, uh, you know, how it was back in the eighties, you know, you're listening to the songs and you get your tape recorder and you want to tape it or you want to record it or whatever on your tape deck. And, you know, you're waiting for that song to come on or whatever, but about, I think it was, 19, it had to be like 90 or 89. Um, I always was intrigued by how the radio stations would play a song and they would have another song come into it. Mm-hmm. which is like a fade fade in, fade out one song, fade in another song. And I didn't know really what did that back in the day. And then I heard it was like a mixing board, you know, where it's got two inputs coming in and you can have one source of audio and the other source of audio come in. And I asked my mom, we were living in an apartment complex on the West side by Ben Davis. And I asked my mom for Christmas, you know, she asked me, Jeremy, what do you want? And I said, I would love to have a mixing board. And there's one at the pawn shop, mom. There's a one on the pawn shop off 10th and like <laughs> Holt uh, um, Road in Hallville. And uh, and she's like, well, if you want to get it, I'll get it $60. Just one? It was like there a, was just one just, in the pawn shop? Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> I ended up getting it. And then I bought, um, I was like, okay, now i got the mixer. Now I need, you know, what am I going to play? So obviously I bought a tape deck. I had a record player mm-hmm. and I bought a, uh, I bought a, uh, Walkman. Is it the Walkman, the CD player, like the Walkman yep. or whatever, yep. the, the yep. Discman. The, I think the Walkman was the tape. The Discman was yep. the CD player. And, and I think, you know, when CDs came out, you know, in high school, that's what people were buying. Mm-hmm. They were buying CDs and my first ever CD, Michael Bolton. You are you're a fan of Michael Bolton. I am a fan of Michael Bolton. Yeah, I've heard and seen his pictures on your Facebook page quite a bit. (laughs) And I think that was just because back in the day, my mom used to listen to him in her in her bedroom while getting ready for work or getting ready to go out for that night. It was me and my brother and my mom, and you know, kind of the ballads and stuff. And I was kind of a sentimental, you know song guy too so michael so, bolton came on or ario speedwagon or richard marks i'm like i like that so two things you've you've dj'd far longer than i than i have um in the michael bolton era uh <laughs> have you ever received a request to play a michael bolton song oh many times <laughs> uh, when i say many what is many four five <laughs> Not several, which is what three plus or whatever. Um, not, I, I'll tell you what I did. Have, I did have a request for a Michael Bolton song in the last two years, and wow. I think it was. I think it was. Uh, he came up with it. He came out with a hit called "Daughters" or something. So it was like a father daughter dance, mm-hmm. and I can't remember the name of it. But uh, it was one. It was one of his newer hits, which I didn't really realize he was making music still. But uh, back in the day, you could play. You know some of the some of his love songs and everybody knew it because it was current, you know, it's kind of, I'm not trying to compare him to like Ed Sheeran or whatever, Mm -hmm. but is that how you pronounce his name? Sheeran? I don't know. I sometimes I don't, but, um, but people back then that was the love song, you know, God, goddess, you know, it's like Richard Marks and Kenny G. Those three are just, were sexy in the nineties, you know, (laughs) with their hair and their, beautiful voices and i'm not going to disagree with you there i mean you can't i mean you know i'm not saying they're jodeci 
I got to question anyone that would disagree with you. I got to (laughs) question them as a human being if they disagree about Richard Marks and Kenny G and Michael Bolton. That's a trio. I mean, think about it. I mean, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But that's how I got into business. And, uh, you know, after, uh, after, uh, you know, my, you guys in the first paid gig, my brother, you know, he was into skateboarding and, and his buddies were over there listening to some, he had a, a, a another DJ buddy named Top Speed who's still DJing, you know, awesome guy, great DJ. Um, but he was clubbing and, you know, doing all some, some under, under 21 nightclubs, I believe, back in the day. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think he was in the other room, you know, not, not like some mixing off or something, but I think a couple of his buddies were like, well, your, your brother's got the equipment. And sooner or later when you have the equipment, you're asked to do little things, but I don't think it was until we graduated that a uh, friend of mine, good friend of mine, uh, Jake Herman, Todd Herman, and uh, old time buddy, one of my best friends of all time, Jason Jenkins, and then we started DJ's Direct. And I believe it was his mom that came up. No, his mom came up with a name. I believe his mom came up with a name, DJ's Direct, and her first business card. And I believe there's a guy named Darren. Shadow Graphics and and Bill Moody and they kind of put together our logo and that's kind of where it started and and then you know our first paid gigs were always like little birthday parties. Mm-hmm. We you remember you remember the Trader? Yeah. And you know yeah. before before Facebook Marketplace, yeah. before eBay, yeah. before Craigslist, there was a actual book and Jason had looked into the Trader and found DJ equipment and him and I. Uh, along, I think Jake was part of it. Jake may not have been part of it at that time, but we bought our first set of real DJ speakers and DJ an amplifier. Mm-hmm. And I was out there at that time buying CDs and tapes and everything else, trying to put it all together. And Jason was more the equipment guy, and Jake was in his garage building light systems out of you know find these DJ lights yeah. or find these lights and put covers on them and build all these lights and. Sooner or later, well, man, we were rock and roll. And we were charging like $75. You could have any party, and all three of us would go, and if they would load it, and I would DJ it, or blah, 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 and then we'd all walk away. It was like, you know, maybe at that night, maybe we made 100 bucks, and we're all like, man, we made 40 bucks tonight. You know, minimum wage is like five bucks, and, yep. you know, and, and then obviously just from then on, it was, you know, oh, can you do, do weddings? And then at that time, I realized that the uh, the weddings were where the money really is. Yeah, and, and talk yeah. about that. Talk about the tell me tell me about the leap from and I do call it a leap from right. DJing. You know, we we take whether it's a pool party, a birthday party, right. we take them all very seriously. You know, people are paying mm-hmm. for a service. However, I would say there is kind of a leap from doing more. I'll say casual events like a pool party versus which, someone's wedding day right so which which most which most djs cannot do yep. and will not do because of the preparation yep. because of the expectations because of the stress mm-hmm. and 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 saying all this you know every every word i'm saying here you know you only have to dj two or three weddings to know that yep. it's something that you, you know if you're at a pool party and you're playing music and everybody's just listening to music and they're, they're jumping in the pool or birthday party. You know, if something happens, it's not like the whole crowd's going to, you know, it's not like it's going to ruin one individual's day. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's a public, you know, it's called a public event, a private event, which is bringing in a lot of people. 
and you, you go to a wedding and they're spending, you know, at that time, $20,000. Now it's a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, your expectations are not to fail. Your expectations yeah. are to read the crowd and dress appropriately, um, you know, be, uh, be, be perfect. And, and that's the thing. I mean, it's almost when you're not perfect, you're, you're, you know, it's, you're not as good. And, you know, and the stress, you know, one of the, one of the biggest fears, Jamie, in, in, in life is public speaking. Mm-hmm. And you can get, you can get away with doing a pool party, a birthday party, and just say, I'm, I'm DJ Jeremy, or I'm DJ Jamie, let's have some fun. When you're at a wedding and you're, you have to fumble through 10 or 15 names when you're introducing them and you have to have everything on point. I don't want to even get into the ceremony point of it. Um, Making that leap from a club DJ uh, or like a freelance birthday party DJ or whatever, when you make the leap to weddings, it doesn't get more stressful. There is no redos. I mean, if you play the wrong song for the first dance, if you announce the wrong name, and I've done both of these, you know, it, there, you know, it's like Steve Harvey, you know, it's, 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 it's on time. It's live. No redos. You know, when you announce that wrong name or you play, and I've done it, play the wrong songs. Like all you do is like, Holy shit. Sorry folks. And, uh, and they're looking at you 285 people, you know, and, and formal attire looking at you like, who's this guy, you know? So the stress and the pressure is really high. And a lot of and a lot of people don't want to get into that. They want to be able to just watch people dance all night. And you know what I'm talking about. You know yep. The, yep. that that leap, that leap. You know, with DJ, and that leap happened immediately when I started when I started DJ. And it happened within probably one year. And and you know went from birthday parties and I think we threw out an ad one time like for 125 dollars. We'll We'll do, uh, you know, unlimited time. And somebody hired me for like 12 hours. Mm-hmm. Some Romanian gypsies on the West Side. And I was playing pop music at the Lions Club for like 12 hours. Like, oh, my gosh. And next thing you know, the weddings and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that's uh, so true. That's one of the first things I learned. Uh, my career is about clients and listening to their vision. My career is in retirement planning, uh, retirement right. plans, not giving any kind of plug there, talking about about. Right that side of what I do in my life. But, but I, I do believe it really helped me prepare for DJing. You know, it kind of sounds oh, funny and weird. You were you extremely prepared. Some, I mean, I remember you calling me and like, Jeremy, okay, I'm, I'm showing up to this venue. How do you load in? Who do I talk to? What's the setup like? Like I'm like sometimes like the least prepared doing these big events, but there were guys like you who were, you know, Scott stars. Yeah. Um, Bill was, you know, pretty, very prepared. Yep. You guys were all just really prepared. I'm like, wait, you're talking about your wedding that's happened in two weeks. I don't even know what I'm doing tomorrow night. Like I just open up my planning forms and go, well, yeah. I'm guess, I'm, I guess I'm at celebrations or I guess I'm at Rich Charles or whatever. Yeah. Yep. But you, yeah. You, and, and, and I think that's what, that's what was so great about what, when you were part of it is it, it wasn't, it wasn't so much that, Oh, I'm a DJ and I know all the music, you know, it was more about being professional and, and, and going, you know, no matter what you do, you wanted to succeed. You wanted to make sure that they were happy. You know, one, one DJ is not better than the other. I mean, that's, that's impossible because it's all about the party. Like there was nights where I could come home at 11 o'clock at night and you can come home at 11 o'clock at night. And I had a wedding reception of a hundred people at, at, you know, in an outdoor tent 
and it's 90 degrees and I had no dancing and you're over at one hall, you know, DJing and everybody's just bouncing off the walls, having a great time. I mean, who was the best DJ that night? Mm -hmm. You're the best DJ because of the situation that you're in, Right. you know, right. it's kind of like in, it's kind of like in comedy, yep. you know, which, you know, if, if you show up to a crowd or like a concert, you know, if you have a, if you have a, you know, uh, let's just say a hip hop, let's just say you, you show up, and you're, you're expecting a, a retro 90s hip-hop concert, and you show up and a country band mm -hmm. comes out. Yeah. How much are they going to have fun? Like, no, I expected this. Like, you're only as good as the crowd, you know. You know, you, The crowd makes you. And it's, like, it, it's almost like also like in, in comedy, you trying to tell a bunch of funny, you know, uh, mm -hmm. borderline offensive jokes to a bunch of Thank you. you know yeah you're very welcome you got it you bet <laughs> to a bunch of uh, you know to you know to to some 12 year olds mm -hmm. and or you know some, you know it's like you're only as good as the crowd and if you've got the crowd you got the party and if you've got the party you're the best dj mm -hmm. and if there's a dj and i will challenge anybody especially in this industry if there's a dj who thinks that they're the best dj Excuse my language, out of the fucking mind, because it's not true. You can't be the best DJ. Mm -hmm. you, 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 you cannot do that. You know, you, what you can be is the most consistent. Every night, I'm going to have a good party, and, and I'm going to do my best. But sometimes, we're given some crowds that yeah. are just not there. They are just not there. The, the stories I could tell you about people who... who you know, knew the bride and groom weren't good for each other, or you know, I, I, I man, I, I DJed weddings where the bride and groom, the groom smashed the windows out of the bride's car the night before. I mean, what do you think the feeling was like the next yep. day? And everybody knew it. Yep. You know, and 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 I've had, I, I can just tell you stories and stories. So how good, I, how good was I that night? I wasn't good because the 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 atmosphere, the party wasn't there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, yep. But, yep. And, and you know, one of the most difficult things that I had to learn and I had to adapt to, and I mentioned this to you, you know, on occasion and tried to, to work through it. It's just really difficult. You know, I, in my, in my bit line of business, it's kind of easy. It's, it's not easy, but I can talk to a, to a client, understand their vision and figure out how to create a strategy to deliver what they're looking for, right? Similar, right. similar when meeting with brides and grooms and planning for yeah. a wedding. And one of my biggest struggles, because you know, you mentioned planning forms earlier. Those of us that have done this know that you, you know, if you're going to do it well, you need to be organized with your information, song choices for different events and open dancing. And we've got a must-play list: play if possible, do not play, right? And my challenge was having a long list of must plays, right? That that's your right. a list and you've got to play those. If the bride or groom doesn't hear that song sometime in the night, they're going to be like, Hey, what did I spend time putting that list together for? That's my favorite song or and, and, that's some other meeting. And they, and they became the DJ. That's right. That's right. And the, but the problem for me was, if I play all of these songs, which I've got three hours worth of dance songs that's on their must play, uh, but For no one's dancing. Two hours of music. Yeah, right. but no one is dancing. The guests are not dancing. They're kind of mingling, yeah. but it's not a great party, right? Um, I could sit there and say, oh, well, I'm playing what they asked me to. 
You know, I'm right. I'm, you can throw the bride under the bus. Exactly. You can throw the bride under the bus and say, "Well, <laughs> he picked it. He picked it." Yep. Which but but trying to figure out because also the downside there is okay. You played all the music that the bride and groom asked you to play and paid you to play, right? But right, right. you've also got two to three hundred people there who just think you're a terrible DJ because you're not throwing them under the bus and saying, oh, here's my list. Sorry, that's what I'm playing. Right. So those people see you and think, God, that guy really sucks as a DJ. He right. doesn't know I, I his mean, well, it's like it's like giving you, you know, or giving someone a comedian a list of bad jokes. Right. Exactly. Now you, now you, you you're like, man, you're horrible. You know, exactly. it's, it's, it's giving it's giving a quarterback receivers who can't catch the ball. Yep. They're going to blame the quarterback. Like, well, you know, you're only as good as what you give me. You know. Yep. So, you know, I think, but it is, I think it is our position as so, professional DJs is to inform the bride and groom say look i know i know that you like this and i think i know that you want to hear billy idol's white wedding back in the 90s because it had the word wedding but that song sucks to to dance to you know so it's you know you you gotta you gotta get away from that and and just play music that people the best weddings i've ever dj'd the best weddings are when the bride and groom say jeremy do your thing yep yep and and you told me this as well, uh, you know, as we kind of work through the, the evening, the bouquet toss, the cake, you yeah, know, all yeah. those different things. You're exactly right. Aside from the actual music that we're playing, because, you know, DJ can actually really stink and he can ruin it himself. I'm not trying to suggest that as the bride and groom goes, so goes the DJ and, and the success. Right. But right. you mentioned this to me early on as well. You said, look. If you get the bride and the groom, but if you get the bride on the dance floor, the party is going to follow, right? right. If the bride Absolutely. is out back or they're over by the bar, which is another room, if they're not engaged in the music and you're not engaging them and, uh, you know, the, the party's going to follow them. So that was helpful as well, you know, making sure yeah. as I kind of talk through that and it, Kind of like what? Well, I know there's a queen bee out there, uh, Beyonce, but but it's kind of like right, the queen right. bee thing. You know, the party kind of follows the bride and groom, the stars of the show. It does. And the thing is, they don't even they don't even have to be on the dance floor, mm-hmm. you know, dancing it up all night. But please, at least be by. Yes. You know, the 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 if you're out smoking a cigarette outside on a on a night that's 68 degrees and it's a fall night and you're on some patio. You know, or with, with your bridesmaids, and I'm inside DJing. Where do you think people are going to be? Right. They want to be around the bride and groom. Yep. And I'll tell you what that that that's like a segment that you know someday I'd like to you know I'd like to talk to some like like they almost like a seminar of how to make your wedding better. And they don't think about that because they're not professional brides. But when you mm-hmm. when, when you've done this. I would, you know, it only takes so many, you know, it only takes so, so many years or so many times done to make yourself a professional. You work 10 years in this industry and that made you a professional. You only need to see 30, 40, 50 weddings to see it all. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, there's going to be this drunk moment. There's going to be this airplane flying over during the ceremony or, or there's going to be this, you know, kid shitting his pants walking down the aisle or something like that. But, 
those moments. But honestly, most weddings are very similar. You have the you have the a lot of the same <laughs> outcome. Um, you have the same expectations. Mm-hmm. So what you've seen in ten years is not much different than what I've seen. I've just seen it more. Yep. You know, I've, I've seen the same scenario more and more consistent. So when I when I go back to like who's the best DJ or you know this this and that. You know, props to anybody who spent 10 years in the business, 30, 40 years in the business. And I'm reaching now, shoot, I'll be hitting almost 30 years doing this. I've, I've seen it. I've seen it multiple times. I've seen it, you know, I've seen it in different situations. It all, it all comes down to bottom line is people at a wedding have expectations. And when the bride and groom want to take the wheel and play DJ, and think that they know better than us. Nine out of ten times, it fails, mm-hmm. and it fails miserably. And the pressure's on them. But the bottom line is, we look like we, you know. Sometimes I've DJed so many weddings where I don't even, I don't even tell them what company I'm from. I just say I'm Jeremy the DJ because because the music they pick sucks so bad, <laughs> but they were so persistent in yeah. playing their music, and I just sit back and at the end of the night going, look, the, the, the check is cashed. We, you know, I, I got paid, but I'm not a robot because, because I still care at the end of the night that everybody had fun. And all I ask is this people, if you're going to hire me or you're going to hire a professional DJ and, you know, unfortunately there's a lot of DJs out there doing weddings that are not professional. And all they do is think today's music is, is like popping and hot and all that. And it actually sucks mm-hmm. ass. And it's not danceable, and they need to go back to music that people dance to. If they would listen to us, that they would take a back seat and say, "You have fun, you have some drinks, you engage with your guest, uh, and let me do my job." Because the last thing I'm going to do when I walk into a dentist's office or I walk into uh, some company, and I, you know, let's just say I get a contractor over here, and I don't know how to, you know, build build a a wall in my basement so I can enclose it. Last thing I'm going to do is tell them how to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to let people do their job. Right. And today is really hard. And it's actually always been hard, yep. um, you know, to, to listen, you know, but it's our job to say, look, I know what you're talking. I, I, I know what you're saying that today is it's 2020 and Michael Bolton doesn't work anymore. <laughs> you know, you, you, you got to come in and say, look, just, and, and everything is cool. I, I would have to say, and I don't rambling, but I would just say with today's music and, and music in general, you know, there's, you know, the American Idol and the voice and all those shows that bring, bring back like Motown and eighties and all that, that has done a lot for us because they, you know, they, 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 they've taught generations to appreciate where music came from. And music with a beat works. Music without a beat doesn't mm-hmm, work. Mm-hmm. That's why today's music is not working. It doesn't have the beat, you know. And obviously, I'm not talking about all music, but right, I'm talking about a majority. Right. Like, I, I don't know what I played. Obviously, COVID, people aren't producing all kinds of albums. But in the last two, two three, four years, I mean, my biggest song I play today is still Uptown Funk and Can't mm-hmm. Stop the Feeling from JT, you know, and maybe a little bit of Lizzo. But outside that, it's hard to find, you know, songs that just come out like, oh, this is going to stick forever because it just doesn't have the beat. You know, another another thing you kind of touched on earlier uh, that, that I had to learn was kind of being that 
designated driver type or sober friend at a party and managing yeah. things with a bunch of uh oh, drunk God. people around uh which can be interesting in and of itself therein lie a number of stories some just interesting oh. some funny some not funny when it comes to our equipment and uh speeches and people who want the microphone you know typically later in the evening after the alcohol flows and had some near misses there with the microphone oh, yeah. uses i'm sure oh, you yeah. have as well uh that can go terribly wrong yeah well, alcohol you know you're at a party and and you got to remember that you know a good professional dj is not your entertainment mm -hmm. the, you know, the, the the entertainment's the music and the entertainer is like the bride and groom i mean they are the host they are they are they are who they came to see yep. they didn't come to see me they didn't come to see you you know they they came to see the bride and groom but they want to be entertained by the music uh we're just kind of the, the the hands behind it and the, and the mouth behind it yep. and, or the voice behind it and you know it's um it's one of those things that, you know, when you mix alcohol, I mean, the amount, the stories I could tell you, <laughs> you know, that disrupt a professional in any job, let alone a musician or a DJ or whatever, entertainer. It's like a hackler in the club mm -hmm. at, a, at a comedy show. You know, somebody who's just constantly, you throw you off game. And once you're off game, you're off game. Yep. You know, and we try to do it. We try to do it. We try to block it. But sooner or later, that bitch who keeps coming up there and telling me I suck because I haven't played her song because it sucks, sooner or later, it's going to piss me off. <laughs> sooner or later, I'm going to tell her what I think. And sooner or later, I'm going to stop caring, even though I don't want to. And sooner or later, it's going to affect my performance as the bride and groom's DJ. And if they, if the bride and groom knew what was happening behind that DJ booth right. half the night, they would kick half their, you know, I would say half their guests. They would kick a couple of people off the party and say, stop screwing with the DJ and let him do his mm -hmm. job. Because most of the time, as you know, Jamie, people who come up behind the DJ booth, they think they know it all. I, got, <laughs> I mean, I can tell you this weekend, the guy came up, man, I, MD, man, we need to hear this song. Here, the crowd's going to go wild. I'm like, nah, man, okay, I'll try. And then you tell the, the, the crowd, or the, uh, the, the crowd clears, and yep. he's the only one out there. And I'm like, thanks, buddy. Yep. Now I look like an asshole. That's I look right. like the worst DJ in, 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 on earth because you thought you knew better. And I'm not afraid to call people out once yep. in a while. Yep, yep. But that's what happens. And it happens to every single one of us. Yep. It happens. It's, you know, we're just in that position that night. I know what you mean. I always usually say, I'm like, okay, you're not going to let me down, right? You're not going to make, make me look like yeah. a four. No, man, no, no. No, 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 I've been to two weddings in the past two years. This song's awesome. <laughs> or, or they try to screw with you and say, hey, can you play the IU fight song? Yeah. And they're yeah. both Brian Grimmer from Purdue. Yeah. You know, yep. and you're just like, oh, that really worked out. Now, now I'm obviously with experience. You know when somebody's trying to pull one over. I think this past weekend – uh, someone came up and said, hey, are you going to play uh, a certain song? And I said, I'll get to it. And then she came up later. And it's like the most random song. And, she, and, and Or he asked for it. And then this girl came up and asked for the song and said, can you play this and this song? And I go, oh, so your boyfriend sent you up this? She goes, I don't know what you're talking about. I said, let me tell you, never in my life as a DJ has two people in the same night requested this one song. You think I'm stupid? I didn't really say it that way because I try to be professional. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, I played this song, it sucked. 
and and you know they but they had fun and sometimes you got a lot of but let them have fun that's when you just shorten the song what about and, and actually bill who we talked about earlier this was well actually i think it was one of the first lessons other than the technical side that yep. that I, I i learned uh from him and it was kind of interesting and i think maybe different djs have different ways of approaching this um God bless our wonderful and beautiful children who come to weddings and and are usually, you know, at some point throughout the night uh, the in the spotlight on the dance floor. Yeah. Everyone just yeah. loves this little kid, little Joey. Everybody's kids, everybody's kids cuter than their kids, yep, by the way. Yep, yep. But, but uh, religiously uh, and like clockwork, we all know that throughout the evening – those children are going to make their way to the DJ booth and get up the courage to come back and, and ask for let it go by whoever it is or all these right, other right. kids songs, and even regular songs. And they keep coming back and coming back and coming back. Or sometimes like you were saying earlier, the, the parents or other people will tell them to go ask for a song. How do you handle that when young children, and I'm talking sometimes like five or six years old, very easy. Very easy. Stop inviting children to weddings. One, the bride and groom only do it because they, they feel they have to. And on the other side, mom and dad don't want to take them because they need a freaking date night. They don't want they don't want to take their kids because one they have to feed those little shits uh, chicken nuggets and have special food for them. And they're interrupting, they're on the floor. That being said, that's not all scenarios. But if you, if you think you got to invite your friends, kids, your coworkers, friends, because they have two or three, wait till they take over the dance floor. Wait till they're running around chasing each other during the best man speech. And wait, wait till they fall over and cry and pout. Keep your kids at home. Okay, they don't want to be there anyway. They don't want to be there anyway. You know, get, get, get a babysitter that night. Send them to grandma and grandpa. You and your wife should be going out dancing because you haven't danced since, you know, you've been married. You should be drinking and taking that party back home because you haven't had a lot of home fun for a while. So, I was you know, about, keep your kids at home and have some fun. Save the bride and groom some money. I was about you to know, say, I was about to say almost knocking over. Have you ever seen a, a cake? I, I have not seen a cake. Be knocked, knocked over by kids? Almost oh, knocked over. Oh, have you many seen times. I have not. Oh, a cake knocked over? Oh, I've seen cake There were some over. close oh, yeah. calls and my table being bumped oh, into. Yeah. And, you know, look, we're not playing records, right? But as as you know, and maybe others, I mean, there's a lot going on there. There are a lot of oh, yeah. cables and, and parents, a lot of connections. Yeah, and, and, and goddamn it, parents don't pay attention to their kids. They're like, hey, if, if Sue wants to taste, jo- or taste Johnny and Johnny's chasing, mm-hmm. you know, Sarah and Sarah's chasing Ben, it becomes this little playground on the dance floor. And sometimes you throw a $20,000 play party and, and for what? And, and parents, parents just sit around and, you know, Oh, that's so cute. Look at them playing blah, blah, blah. And they're running around, tripping, falling, <laughs> knocking into tables. They're touching lights and jumping around our equipment. I'm like, someday a speaker's going to fall over and, you know, hit little Johnny in the, in the nuts and, you know, he's going to cry and she's going to cry because Johnny got hit in the nuts and, you know, mom's going to yell at me and everything. it's going to, you know, it's like, why bring your kids? They're not going to remember it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I'm, I'm obviously talking about kids yeah. like yep. 
five and younger. Right. I mean, you get some, right. you know, but I'm okay. I, I, I can't tell you, Jamie, and you know this, how many weddings we have seen taken over by kids yep. because the bridegroom felt it's the right thing to do to invite you, your family. Oh, well, family's got four kids. Mm-hmm. Well, let's do four meals. Okay, that kid, that's $15. That, they just cost 60 bucks at $15 a plate for four kids who don't even eat their chicken nuggets and mac and cheese. Well, God damn it, I bet they look back and go, damn, I just wish I, I could have saved 500 bucks by not <laughs> inviting kids. You take up space, you interrupt the evening, nobody's having, nobody really wants you there. Obviously, I'm kidding, but not kidding. Uh, unless, unless you're the bride and groom and you have like, like immediate family, like your nieces and nephews, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. But your coworkers bringing friends to the wedding because you said how many you're going to attend, stop that shit. Mm-hmm. Stop it. Well, you don't have a choice because now we're limited numbers. So yeah, let's talk about know, that. Yeah. I, I've been yeah. You know, we we text all the time still. You know, keep yeah. in touch and shoot the crap. Um, and one of the first people that I contacted, you know, in terms of business and impacting, I don't know many people that were impacted professionally, you know, like lost jobs, fortunately, knock on wood. Um, but I called you pretty early on in all this and asked how it was going. And, and you told me, man, you know, not good, as good as you think it is. So talk about that a little bit, how all this. Yeah. And, and, and this goes out to you and everybody else who called me during that time, because, and I appreciate you asking. And, um, you know, when, when we moved from, you know, we moved from Whitestown, Indiana to Carmel, Indiana, and we closed on a townhome on February 7th. Uh, we moved in March 1st and we spent all of our savings, you know, you know, obviously most of our savings goes to travel, as we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. So we spent a lot of money on savings, down payment. It kind of happened pretty quick. After a trip to Mexico, oh, we, you know, sold the townhome. We loved it. We bought it. Boom, boom, boom. So we moved in March 1st. And what was the date? I knew it was, I think it was right before St. Patrick's Day. So it was like March 15th, 16th, 17th mm-hmm, or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, maybe earlier in the week. They, the first thing they shut down was mass events. So we were, you know, anyone in the event industry or restaurants with mass you know, uh, gatherings were the first to shut down. At that point, I remember that I had a wedding. As a matter of fact, I had two weddings that weekend. And on Tuesday, uh, I think it was at the Mavericks downtown and I was somewhere else, mm-hmm. but, uh, oh, they place, made, the yeah, yeah. And make, uh, they made that announcement. We are shutting down any gatherings over 200 people or whatever that is. You know, I forget what the number was. And obviously over the next two weeks, everything just got shut down. So when you're in the event industry where there's mass amount of people, um, we were the first impacted, um, you know, because even though the restaurants, well, the restaurants ended up, I mean, everybody got impacted immediately. And I'm not trying to say, oh, we're the event industry. We, 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 we suffered the most. Everybody has suffered. But when the events got shut down, my streamline of money went from, hey, I can pay the bills. I'm gonna, we're gonna re- do some more remodeling. May I'm heading to Belize in a couple weeks. Everything just stopped, and when it all stopped, the money stopped. And at that point, I was like, oh shit! Like, 
This is real. And how long is this is real? So when when the when when the money stopped, it also affected my wife Sarah, mm -hmm. who works for Community Hospital, which is a contract nurse uh, to Phelan uh, Leadership Academy on the east side, where she's paid hourly. So once they once the event stopped and everything, school stopped. You know, school shut down. So everything happened in like five, seven, ten days. We both went from making X amount of dollars to zero. I mean, zero. You know, I, di I didn't go after the loans. I didn't file unemployment. She didn't file. She didn't file unemployment. And then back to what you talked about earlier, the Ben Davis thing. You know, we 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 reverted back to hustling, and and in a good way. You know. Um, my son and I started a lawn care business in, in Whitestown, Indiana, Main Street Mowing and Mulching, uh, where we, we, we uh, started mowing lawns in a neighborhood. Mm -hmm. and, and my wife, uh, after about two weeks of mowing lawns, uh, now this is something we were doing babbling into last year, you know, here and there, a little bit of business. But uh, when it came time to hustle, I was like, look, we got a mortgage payment. You know, we weren't going to call the mortgage company. We we haven't even made our first mortgage payment. Yeah. And we're already calling going, what are we going to do? Like, there's no money. Like, well, you can you can take a, a what is it, a deferral or not a deferral, whatever that's called. I don't know. And it said a forbearance or whatever and said, you can pay it on the back end. But, if you know, and then I called my my realtor and he said, avoid that. Because if you fall behind, it, it, it sends you into foreclosure. They didn't know. Nobody knew what the hell they were doing back then, you know, in, in late March, early April. Everybody was scrambling around going, what are we going to do? So mm -hmm. guess what? Grass was growing. And I bought, yep. you know, we bought, a, we bought a lawnmower. We bought a trailer. We were out there mowing some lawns. I was making 50 bucks a day. It was enough to, you know, hey, 50 bucks today is going to pay for, you know, a water bill, 50 bucks tomorrow. And, and Wednesday is going to pay uh, our electricity. 50 bucks on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday is going to pay alcohol, um, you so, know, the life essentials, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, what so, you're, so what you're telling me and, and everyone here is that you basically got up, dusted yourself off and said, I'm going to, I got to figure this out somehow. You didn't sit around feeling sorry for yourself like some of us. And I say us, uh, yeah, not yeah, some people yeah. tend to do, you know, you're healthy you had, you know, you've got your mind, uh, you're a hard worker. You've worked. Didn't you work at a grocery store even in high school? I mean, oh, yeah, you've been working my whole life. I mean, yeah. since 15, I mean, you know, and, and, but I refuse to do that. I mean, here, here's the thing. Here's the last thing I'm going to do. The last thing I'm going to do is go ask somebody during, during quarantine, people are like, why don't you get online and play music and have like a GoFundMe? And I'm just like, um, one, I'm not that entertaining, you know, I'm like, you know, I, maybe if you get me into some 90s hip hop, I could be some, you know, entertaining for some old school stuff, but, um, I wasn't going to play the victim to this. Mm -hmm. I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't going to sit here and play victim to COVID and, and act like that I didn't have any other option, yep. you know, and that, and you know, that, that's, that's another subject that a lot of people want to play on the victim and, and all I'm going to do is file for unemployment. My fat ass at that time, you know, I've been sitting around all winter, quarantined for a month or whatever. 
the, the one thing I did need, I needed to get off my butt and go out there and do something. Mm -hmm. And once I started doing that for a couple of weeks, I was like, Hey, I think we're going to have enough. I played a little, mm -hmm. played a little with the wedding industry and like, yep. Hey, if you pay, if you pay in advance, I'll give you a hundred dollars off just to make April's mortgage. Right. And I did the same thing in May. And then, uh, and then, you know, uh, JC Hart came to me, good friend of mine, Mark Julian from JC Hart came to me and was and offered me like this social distancing event around all the complexes, uh, all the complexes around mm -hmm. Indiana. Mm -hmm. And that was, that was maybe a thousand bucks a month or whatever, yep. but that helped me pay the mortgage. Right. And I was out doing these social distancing events, mowing grass. Sarah saw me working. She went two weeks not working and says, I can't just watch you work. And I commend her because she went out there and she, you know, uh, she wasn't getting paid. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they, they offered maybe some employment in hospitals. But at that point, I'm like, as a family, we said, you know what? I don't want you working. We didn't know COVID right. very well. Right. Like, I don't want you getting sick and bringing it me and blah, blah, blah. So she started doing the online shipping with ships. And every month or every week, we'd come home and go, well, how much did you make? Well, how much did you make? And I was out there making like four Four hundred bucks a week mowing grass, mm -hmm. and maybe I had a social distancing event once, once or twice a week. Sarah's out there crushing six, seven hundred dollars a week doing chip. Mm -hmm. I mean, she's out there. So at that point, we're making eleven, twelve hundred dollars a week, and we're like, you know what? This is awesome. And, and to be honest, it's one of those blessings in disguise because I'm going to continue doing this, yep. and I'm going to continue mowing grass, and I'm going to incorporate that with DJing because I've always needed something to do during the week. And every day I go out there and, 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 and I do, you know, I mow grass. I mowed six lawns today, make 150, 175 bucks mm -hmm. that I wasn't making before. So I right. can't honestly say, I can't honestly say in my life, obviously I'm not talking about the people who've dealt with COVID and the deaths and the sickness and the struggles. Mm -hmm. But to right. me and my personal life, I can't say that I'm not. Oh, how do I say this without being offensive? You know, it's people. borderline this offensive. Is a good thing. This is yeah, borderline this offensive. Is a good, yeah, it is. But this is a good thing that I needed personally. I needed something to happen in my life to to balance and, you know, get me up every day and do something. And, and COVID did that. So, but it's also, on, the, on, on, on one side, it's also made me rethink a lot of things. Like, I don't want to spend every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday working. You know, I love being done by noon, mm -hmm. you know, mowing grass and, and, and being, you know, and I, and it's a push mower. So I'm getting a little exercise, but, yep. um, you know, and, and I also have to think about my future, you know, back to the DJ thing, are these events going to, is the industry going to change? Mm -hmm. Is public mm -hmm. events going to change for a while? I have to have a backup plan. I got to do what I need to do. Yep. And, and and I'm gonna do it. And 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 I I would say to everybody else listening that when things happen, bad things happen. You know, you can sit there and complain, cry, and play victim, or you can get off your ass and make mm -hmm. things happen. And that's yep. that steers back to when I wanted to start DJing. I wasn't gonna rely on someone knocking on my door telling me that you know, hey, I'm gonna pay you to do this. I'm knocking on doors. Will you pay me to do this? Mm -hmm. And that's the difference between me and and, right. and a lot of people. And those entrepreneurs, yep. you know, in this country is we don't sit back and wait for people to knock on our door. We make things happen. And we also, and as we build, we want to include a lot of people like us, you know, and I'm, I'm going back to some, I love knowing 
that there were years back in the day where you and I talked about like, well, if I take this gig in December, mm -hmm. I can help pay for my mm -hmm. kids Christmas. Mm -hmm. And you, and we talked about that. Like, well, I'm going to go out and make X amount of dollars. I know, I know Cindy's going to be mad at me, <laughs> but this is good, but this is going to help pay for Christmas. Yep. And when it's all said and done, you're like, well, I put in the effort and here's the reward. Yep. And, and this is what just needs to happen. And I know you well enough that none of that surprises me. You know, you're not lazy. You're not a lazy guy. Uh, you're you're a rolling stone, right? You collect no, <laughs> you collect no moss. Uh, yeah. But uh, no, that that's great, and I'm glad that uh, things are working out for you. And it's not the first time. Yeah. I mean, I had Chris Bowers, a comedian, on a couple weeks ago uh, that I respect, the former owner of Morty's, and funny, mm -hmm. funny dude, and. Uh, other conversations outside of this uh, show or this podcast where, you know, it's like, look, I don't want to be insensitive and say that COVID is a good thing because it's caused so much heartache and, and death and other things for people. But, but right, right. the circumstances related to COVID have really opened my eyes. It's made me oh, think I've heard that, you know, you're, you're like the third or fourth person that I've talked to uh, that, that said kind of the same thing, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, it's a, it's a time to, to kind of rethink where we are and what we do and where we place value. And, you know, hey, I'm not saying, I'm not saying COVID needed to happen, but I'm mm -hmm. saying something needed to happen. Yep. Something needed yep. to happen to reset us all and go, you know what? Because I'll be honest, I was not miserable miserable during quarantine mm -hmm. i mean people thought okay jeremy you're gonna be bouncing off the walls but my wife and i were playing games and we we're you know trying to come up with a couple projects for the house and mm -hmm. you know we met we met a lot of good friends in the neighborhood during that we kept our social distancing for a while and that what what COVID taught us you know it's like anything else man people needed a reset and and if you don't like what you know if you don't like what happened nobody likes what happened but you also have to take everything and, and and see the positive side of that and i will say that if you would ask me one year ago to say stay on track do exactly what you're doing jeremy and go through 220 2020 the same way you do 2019 i would choose 2020 mm -hmm. in my own personal right. life Right. In, in my own life, I would not suggest that for you because you're dealing with different circumstances. Mm -hmm. But in my own personal life, we have not been affected by COVID or, or deaths by COVID mm -hmm. or my, my, my family has not lost jobs. Obviously, we've lost money. The good thing is, is I've told people from day one, they're like, I'm so sorry, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I said, look, there's a lot of people who have lost jobs and mm -hmm. lost company, in companies. I've only lost work. I never lost my job. Yep. My work is always there. I just lost work. So, but there are a lot of people out there suffering right. from losing their business, losing everything they work for. So I'm still, I'm not going to sit there and say, oh my God, feel sorry for me because mm -hmm. there's a lot of people who worked all, you know, for everything to build a business that got taken by this mm -hmm. and lost everything. So I'm, I, I feel for them. I feel for me. You know, that, you know, I just got, yeah, I just got kind of pushed back a little bit. Yeah. Speaking of the, of quarantine, actual quarantine and shelter in place, it gave me a great opportunity 
to spend quality time with my favorite person. No, not my wife. Uh, me. No, me. Yeah, same, yeah, yeah, myself. Pornhub. Oh, did I say? Oh. Right, right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So uh, it gave me a great excuse to right. just stay home and spend time that, with man. my favorite yeah. person. Right. And it's, 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 and, and, you know, that's not, that's, you know, I have not met a lot of people who were miserable during that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like, because I, I've always said this is day one. It's, it's the single thing on earth that has happened in our lifetime and our parents' lifetime, obviously our children's lifetime that happened that we can all relate to and it happened globally. So when I'm doing those travels in Europe and I'm doing those travels at the Bahamas and I'm sitting at a bar in 10 years, we're going to be like, where were you? It's like nine 11. Where were you in 2020? And we can all, we all got kind of on the same level playing field. The world did, you know, a pandemic like this all went to the same level playing field. And everybody was at ease because nobody felt much. One thing that money couldn't get you, money couldn't get you out of out of this. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, right. if, if you had a, if you had a family member die and in middle of April or May and you needed a big funeral, money couldn't get that to you. Mm-hmm. You know, and people felt more people at that time when that was happening. You know, people felt equal. People didn't feel superior, mm-hmm. inferior to anybody else. They just. They felt like a human, and, and the world was, was was for the first time going through, you know, something together. Um, and it wasn't a it wasn't an American thing. It wasn't it wasn't you know uh, you know black white Christian Democrat you know Republican. It was one thing that nobody can control, and so we all felt kind of just equal. And it was it, it almost brought a sense of peace, you know that. On the on the on the on the positive side, you know, obviously the negative side was is, is horrible, but you know, it's open open for an end soon. How did it feel? Did you ever stand there and watch all the fun that's being had, and the excitement, and the laughs, and the just energy and joy, and then realize that there's a greater chance, or greater than fifty percent chance, that these people are going to be divorced someday? <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I used to say that to somebody like, oh, you want to golf or you want to go do this this weekend? No, I got to go DJ someone's future divorce. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Only to my inside I, friends. Only to my friends. I, I, I that's a joke. I, I'm, D, I'm DJing tomorrow night at, at a location where I know that night the only reason they got married. Now, this is obviously not tom- tomorrow night. But it's at the same location several years back. The only reason they got married is because they had to pay their bill. They wanted absolutely nothing to do with each other. And everybody knew it. Like, they wanted to call it off like two weeks ago and said, shit, I've already paid the bill. I mean, their first dance, they never looked at each other. It was the most uncomfortable moment ever DJing oh. and it was like oh my god you just do a $35,000 shit show mm. that you're gonna have to deal with mm. and oh not to so take bad. not to take away from our our wonderful friends and colleagues in the wedding industry but right. is it is I mean I don't I don't come I come from hard workers I don't come from money 
uh, you know, lavish lifestyles. So maybe I'm in a little more, maybe I'm in all a little bit more than the next guy, but it's I, very eye opening and shocking to me how much money is spent on, on yeah. these, on these days. Right. Um, wow. you know, like you said, tens of thousands of dollars upwards of, you know, even for, uh, you know, not Hollywood or California, you know, or these other right, right. bigger towns or cities, yeah, but rather have, yeah, yeah, exactly. But just, you know, it's nothing for more upscale wedding around here, you know, 20, to be. 20, 30,000. Yeah, yeah, easily, 20, 30, easily. 20, 30, 40, easily. Yes, easily. Well, and uh, okay, like you said. Why do, why, do you, why do you think I got into business? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean. Foreign to me. It was, it was foreign to me, uh, this, right. this wedding DJ business but uh but it was certainly a pleasure i enjoyed enjoy doing it hey any more uh any final words as we wrap up here well no i mean uh no i just you know i as i said earlier you know when you're in this business like you for 10 years you've seen what i've seen i've seen it more um you know i I've enjoyed the business i don't i don't have any intentions of getting it out right now i do have intentions to backing down uh, COVID has kind of mm-hmm. given me a little, uh, push on just slowing things down and enjoying, you know, maybe, maybe a Friday night off, you know, 15 times a year rather than just two times a year and a couple Saturdays mm-hmm. a year, blah, blah, blah. But, uh, yep. the, you know, it's, it's going to continue. Weddings are always going to continue, yeah. but it, I do see the event industry changing a little bit, but hopefully people still, you know, once this is over, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta get out and celebrate. I mean, you got to get out and celebrate and have fun, and and if you can, I mean, just hire me as a DJ, and your world will just be better. I mean, <laughs> it fine. will. Trust me, it will. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, there you have it, Jeremy. Ger- Jeremy, thanks for joining me. Hopefully, yeah. we can get together and okay. do this again. Maybe we'll have an episode where we share stories. Oh. We can't hey, use names or locations. But. I know. Okay. Let, let's yeah. Let's just have a let's have an episode <laughs> one time of the top fifty stories, and yeah. I can tell you, I can tell you stuff that'll just like what? Yeah, I don't have that what? many. I have probably half a dozen, which well, includes. Uh, 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 I remember okay. I called and you. Actually, I remember I called you. Well, I used to call you all the time at the end of the night or text. And yeah. how's things going? You're always checking on us. But I'll leave with this though. I I would probably prefer not to even mention what part of town, but I called you one night and told you that a fight broke out and a dude broke his leg at the end of the night, slipping on alcohol that was on the ground because the table got tipped over during this fight and then his legs slipped to the side and they had to lift him up. Ambulance can't. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I don't, I don't think I remember asking him like, dude, have you ever I'm had a go with fight? The south side. <laughs> yeah, it, oh, yeah, it was. It was on the south side. It, yes, yeah, yes. I got to figure that's just kind of how I did things. But, it was Southport. Yeah. I just got to say, should, it was we Southport. Should, we, should, we should do that sometime and have just a story yeah. of just, you know, Kate, you know, or wedding, like, okay, tell me speeches and dances. Yep. I can I can take some crazy stuff. Well, Jamie, I appreciate, number one, I appreciate you. Mm you know, being part of the DJ's direct team yep. for so long and to, to invite me to your podcast. And, and I really appreciate that. All right. Well, that's going to do it for episode number five. Wow. Can't believe it. Number five 
of Borderline Offensive. Special thanks to Jeremy Garys for joining us today. <laughs> that was fun. Trust me, we're going to have to do that again. Boy, do we have some stories to share. You guys, I, I, I'm going to say it right now. You guys won't believe some of the things that we see at weddings. And if you've got a story to tell yourself, uh, send me an email, shoot me a text, let me know uh, some of the things that you've seen. I'm sure as a guest at weddings, right? Maybe there's some wedding professionals out there. Uh, but boy, do we have some stories to tell that you're not going to believe. All right, we got some great guests coming up in the next couple weeks. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, shoot me a text, email, give me a phone call. Love to have you. We really don't have a theme here at Borderline Offensive, as you can tell by now. Uh, we just like to have conversations with regular everyday people. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you here next week. Episode number six on Borderline Offensive. Borderline Offensive.